Chapter Eleven of Alice or the Wages of Sin. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Simona Russo. Alice or the Wages of Sin by Frederick Warden Pangborn. Chapter Eleven, The Calm Before the Storm. Mene mene tekel ufarsin. It was winter and the christmas season was not far off the sorrows of the family had become as a wound which kindly time has scarred over and quiet serenity reigned in mr dodger's home to-night however the usual calm of the family is ruffled for it is the night of a wedding and alice has but now become the wife of her foster father's young partner the wedding has been a quiet one witnessed only by a few intimates and the happy pair are soon to leave for a short tour returning in time for the christmas eve reunion at the old home alice is very happy in this climax of her long silent loving and albert is happier than he remembers ever to have been before for this union is he feels in reality a joining of two souls with but a single thought two hearts that beat as one friendship may be the joining of two souls with but a single thought love the union of two hearts that beat as one but marriage to be marriage in its highest sense must be the union of soul with soul and heart with heart and few there are who find this boon if such a union be possible on earth surely that of two such beings as these just married gives promise of it the ceremony and all that follows the wedding ceremony being over the time for the good-byes had arrived and alice in her travelling robes having bid farewell to the good souls who had given her parents care and love went out into the cold snowy night leaning upon her husband's arm albert placed her in the carriage and was about to follow himself when a person touched his arm and turning about he beheld that which seemed to freeze the blood in his heart the face of cora tate pale wan and passionless but with a baleful glitter in its eyes he tried to speak but could not command his voice and only stared the time seemed to him long but it was only a few seconds since she had touched him when she spoke albert she said you were too willing to think me dead you did not look well at that other's face you would not listen to me when you thought me dying you would not come near me when you thought me dead you have punished me more than was your right you scorned me when i gave you loving penitence you spurned my dying counsel and would not hear my warning voice i hate you now i leave you to your fate go then the voice which had been subdued and mellow ceased and she was gone he never had any clear recollection of what followed except that he found himself in the carriage beside his wife and that he was telling her some lie or other about an importunate beggar alice with woman's quick perception saw that he was troubled but with a wisdom not often possessed by woman dropped the matter then and there and never spoke of it again she made up her mind that she would never look into the past again but would devote herself to the happy now there was wisdom in this and many a married pair would be happier were the wife to adopt this plan of living 
men are not prone to inquire into the past of their wives they believe them pure and as a rule battle against the very idea of thinking otherwise but women often allow themselves to pry back into the past of their husbands and in so doing sometimes render a once assured happiness void and make for themselves a future of senseless jealousies and miserable discomfitures this was an error into which alice did not allow herself to drift so the wedding tour was after all a pleasant one and unmarred by any disagreeable events albert to be sure was occasionally moody and seemed absorbed in sombre thoughts but he managed to keep them out of notice most of the time and alice did not often allow him to brood alone as to albert his condition of mind was one which he himself could not have described he sometimes found himself almost believing that cora was really dead and that the face in the street was only a vision yet he knew better he knew that she was alive and that he had made a hasty mistake when in the morgue albert you were too willing to think me dead you did not look well at that other's face the words came back to him with terrible force he had been too willing to believe her dead it was true had the dead woman in the morgue been alice would he have given her but a passing glance ah no he knew it well now he had made a mistake a terrible mistake and one not to be remedied the more he pondered on these things the more he determined not to alter his course he could not give up that which he had gained and which he might still retain if he could only find the means to silence this terrible witness and he had money with money he had saved joe and why not himself cora was alone without friends and an outcast while he was powerful she could be silenced or at any rate if the worst came suppressed beyond belief he knew that he was becoming a villain at heart already but the words of cora had put him on his mettle and now that the die was cast he meant to fight for alice if need be he never would have married her knowing cora to be alive but he had married her honourably and the fault was not his thus he reasoned with himself and with his warped conscience it was the best that he could do he thought and he mapped his course accordingly so they went away on their bridal tour happy in each other but with a little shadow of the cloud no bigger than a hand over them happy as they were alice felt the shadow of the cloud albert felt the shadow of the cloud but unlike alice knew that it was not the shadow of a cloud passing away but of one rising and spreading over the horizon how great or how little the storm behind it might be he knew not but he felt its coming with ominous dread like the monarch of old he saw the writing on the wall and knew it was of evil portent yet could not read its meaning but it troubled him End of chapter eleven